Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Tonight we are joined by a very special guest, um, a filmmaker and director who has come to us tonight to not only talk about a film of our choice, but also his own film. Leah Esposito, say hi to everyone for us. Hello. Hi, Internet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, so I am a local New Jersey... um, independent filmmaker slash videographer um me and my two production partners actually just started up our own little production house ridder house productions and we are at the moment just to while we're getting off the ground mostly focusing on commercial videography and any sort of business ventures like that but we love filmmaking that's how we all kind of met and became close friends and we recently made uh, a, a feature film called lilith that i am here to do a little bit of promotion for yeah and i have to say you guys if uh if you check out the show notes you'll see the uh trailer for the movie and i gotta tell you i'm pretty pumped man this thing looks interesting i am so down and it's right up our jersey ghouls feminist alley yeah in in the age of remakes and stale ideas Mm -hmm. it is nice to see something fresh that hasn't really been done not only recently you know not very often thank you yeah and i've often said you know if i can't be a princess or you know the president i think a, a succubus might be my my favorite. oh yeah no i love that i want to be a, a, a murder fuck demon oh you totally. know? Yeah, that would be good i mean real combines two of my favorite things in this world seriously <laughs> murder and demons well i would murder and sex but right, either way jackie potato potato <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I definitely, like I said, like yeah. like most little girls, I often dreamt of how wonderful it would be. Um, yeah. <laughs> so to pair nicely like a fine wine with your film, tonight we've chosen to talk about the 2014 film It Follows. Um, Jackie, I, I dare I say we need a little synopsis here? Uh, well, speaking of murder fuck demons... <laughs> <laughs> you get one not every day you yeah. get to say that Jeff. i know right it's a good day for me um so yeah uh i don't know how 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 can i segue murder fuck demon into this into the synopsis basically that's that's our big bad in this movie through the act of making sweet sweet love mm-hmm. uh people keep i like that you call it sweet sweet love it i is. don't see a whole lot of sweet sweet love in this film <laughs> There's not much, not not much sweet love in that movie. No, nobody's nobody's making passionate love. It's all just, it's just dirty. They're doing it. Pretty, pretty empty. They're, they're getting it on. They're just, you know, it's so true. It's such a shout. You're right. Yeah. Empty is such a good word for it. Like it is. There's fuck. Yeah. It, yeah. There, there is no love making here. Uh, but no, through <laughs> the through the act of intercourse. There you go. Very the, scientific. Uh, yeah, no, we're going to get technical. Yeah, through the act of intercourse, the murder fuck demon comes after you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think there's a lot to unpack metaphorically here. So let's there just, really is, yeah. let's just dive right in. So, all right, Lee, I'm going to kind of kick it to you um, because I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. You are a big fan of this movie, correct? I'm a huge fan of this movie. I love this movie so much. Um, I've watched it 
somewhere in the double digits at this point. Um, it's one of those things that like every time it's on, I just have to like just sit and watch it. And every time I do, I find new things I love about it. Um, I think that David Robert Mitchell does a fantastic job directing wise. The, my favorite description of it that I've ever heard is that it's the best John Carpenter movie, not directed by John Carpenter. <laughs> that's really, that's a good call. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty apt description. I feel like I, I, I just love everything about the movie and the way it's crafted and the performances. It's, it's a really like, it's a really aesthetically pretty movie. Yeah. But then when you get into the, the deeper, like the subtext of it, there's a lot there that you can analyze and there's a lot of different ways to interpret it. And I, I love that. Yeah, me too. I mean, if, if there's anything we love here, it's like a movie that has a little context, a little meat on its bones that we can gnaw on. Um, oh, for sure. This film definitely has that. And yeah, getting back to the aesthetic of the film, you're right. I think I, I calling it a John Carpenter film that John Carpenter didn't make is so brilliant because I do see so much of that influence in this film. Um, do you like, do you know, like with your film, do you feel like it kind of like, do you use that style yourself? I'm just kind of curious. Um, to an extent, I mean, like for me personally, everything I've made since I saw it follows has always had some like some element of it follows in there. Cause it's just like, it's one of those things that it inspired me so much as a filmmaker that I'm like, I want to emulate some parts of this. I am a huge fan of just like really like static wides. I really love just that. I love the suburban aesthetic. I love, honestly, just the, like the one thing I love about It Follows is the tone of it. It's just this really melancholy yeah. feel to the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. There was something so, to me, so depressing about the setting. Um, I don't know if it was just like the pool itself and just like the small yard. Like there was something about it that almost felt very like, for lack of a better term, like almost lower middle class. Like it was almost like, they were like there were many hints at the fact that there were problems in this neighborhood and if you scratched beneath the surface of a seemingly idyllic little area you would get a lot of stuff going on for all these people and i love yeah. that they never said it out loud it was just always the subtext was there for sure and i mean i think that's that's one of the reasons the movie kind of sticks with you yeah because there's just this sort of lingering like sense of just dread and dreariness to the whole thing and it kind of just staples itself in your brain and I love that yeah and there's like a malaise to it all it's almost like you kind of feel bad for these people but you're not sure why right um I mean it was the demon attacks that's definitely bad for them yeah I I, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it that this not one of my favorite movies um okay I I feel like for me that this would have been a very good short film like some of it just kind of there was a lot of and again this is the director's st- choice like his style mm-hmm. of how he directed it and I appreciate that um not exactly my cup of tea but everything that I really liked about this movie is what you guys are talking about like the aesthetic the muted tones like it was something that I noticed in the beginning when um Jay is floating in the pool the bottom mm-hmm. of the pool has like mm-hmm. like algae and it's dirty. Mm-hmm. It's like just how it would, you know, when it's your job to clean the pool and you never clean the pool, yeah. like kind of thing. I also love the whole, like the atmosphere of the movie. Like you really don't know. Like I was kind of toying with like what, like what time of year it is because like they're swimming, but there are leaves on the ground and sometimes they have coats on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so happy you mentioned that because that is such an intentional choice on his part. And I really love that. Like I didn't notice it my first viewing, 
it took me like two or three because like there you can't actually pinpoint the the time period either yeah i i I mean honestly what made me think about the time period because the time period was what got me on that train of thought and then i went from time period like physically what year it is to what time of year it is is because in the beginning when jay is having sex in the back of the car with hugh and yes and my note was they don't make sex cars anymore like backseat (laughs) just aren't that big and and then i noticed that i'm like well wait like the girl in the beginning had like a more modern car, uh, the one that was like running in her high heels, which was super impressive. And yeah, like you really can't like the the one girl was what's her name Yara has an e-reader. Yeah. So it's like yeah, clearly it's modern enough. Wait a minute, can we get back to the e-reader, dude? Did I miss the time when we all turned into James Bond and got some fucking dope ass like fucking <laughs> compact mirror? Well, that, that's that's exactly what I love about it is that there's there is no set time period for the entire film because she's got this futuristic e-reader that I don't think exists in real life. Yeah, I want one. And then I would, lo- I would love one. That'd be awesome. But uh, then you have everything they're watching on TV is like 50s and 60s movies. Yeah. And then you'll have like a radio from like the 20s, 30s. And you'll have they had a, they had a car, cars from all time periods. They had a t- in the pool scene, they were plugging stuff in yeah. and they had a typewriter. You know, yeah. plug in like you know processor, like yeah. The so as much as I wasn't the biggest fan of the film, it was those kind of touches that that make me at least appreciate. Yes, like the, the, the artistry. The, the, yeah, the artistry yeah. of the film. Um, and there were definitely some some suspenseful moments and some moments of terror that I feel were very effective. Some for me, not so much, but there were definitely moments in it when you know i get it okay it's weird for me i had a very different experience i think this is a film that the more like yeah i'm starting to uh, to buy this idea that the more you watch it the more you appreciate it because on first viewing i was just like oh, okay cool i can see why everybody's raving about it second time around for this for this i was like i was legitimately like i think i even texted you and i was like dude i'm really scared yeah. i was sitting home alone under a blanket watching it and like then for some reason it affected me so much more i don't know if it's just my aging or what is going on but it really got me like i thought the horror of this this idea of this slow thing just ambling at you and you guys I'm, i mean i'm a sucker for like the slow moving trope too so mm-hmm. it was to me it was like so terrifying to think you could never rest easy again yeah i mean that's that's kind of why i love the movie overall is it it it, it takes on this sort of like nightmare logic vibe and that that's lent to what i mean by the the, the the thing with um what we were just talking about with the time period i mean it, it just makes the whole thing feel like this weird like dream that i feel like everybody's probably had at one point yeah this idea of like being chased and not being able to escape it and there is i think it makes it almost very surreal i also loved that from the like and again this is my like literature classic training coming in but like fall is the season of dying summer's the season of living i love the notion of it being on the cusp because i think this film deals a lot with um like dichotomies like like mm-hmm. for example with sex sex can be great it can be a weapon it can be power but it could also be the end of you and like i think this film does a lot of playing with dichotomies like the future versus the past the fall versus the summer and i think that the director i would and the the filmmakers in general made some very good choices in that way that like piqued my interest and made me kind of want to learn more 
Um, I Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm going to ch- toss this up to you guys. But I get annoyed when people just oversimplify this as like a cautionary tale about STDs. That's not how I read this film at all. Same. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I, I can understand like why. But like that's so surface level that it bothers me when people go, oh, that's what it's about. I'm like, no, it's not. Like there's so much more to it. I'm with yeah. you. I, I had that thought because I do remember knowing, you know, because we, we've seen the movie before. I remember we, you know, just in, you know, casually talking about it and people have said, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's the allegory for STDs. And I'm like, well, not really. Because like you no. don't have sex with someone and give them an STD and then you're cured. No, but that would be fun right. though. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, big twist on an STD. Yeah. But it's, yeah, so like to, in that regard, it doesn't make any sense that like it's supposed to represent an STD kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm sure there right. are on some levels, some representations of you know what sex is or what sex can mean like you were saying it's a weapon it's empowerment it's enjoyment so for me and i mean i know i'm not the only person who has this take because i've seen it in other places as well but for me it's about like mortality and the 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 notion of like kind of being faced with your own mortality as you're growing up because the whole movie is kind of a coming of age story in a weird way yeah yeah and i agree and i also um, just to kind of piggyback off that, I want you to dive into that more, but I, for the first time ever, cause I hated the ending the first time I saw it. And now this time I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, that's actually a kind of sweet and very optimistic ending to a very bleak film. Yes, definitely. Oh, cool. I didn't think we'd be able to say, I'm excited to have somebody who shares that opinion. I thought that was a very silly read of it. Uh- no, I don't think it's silly at all. I mean, I, that's kind of what I love about it. Like the whole movie is just kind of going, oh fuck, I'm going to die at some point. And being eternally paranoid about that fact and kind of losing the ability to live your life because you're paranoid about that fact, when in reality, like, you can't live that way because that's not sustainable. Yeah, like, literally, I'm so excited. In my notes, I just pointed it to Jackie. I wrote, metaphor, death is coming and only some of us know it. Um, I love the idea that once you wake up and see that inevitable fact about your life and you know, for some, this does spiral us into existential crisis, especially in our current time and place in history. But (laughs) like, I lose sleep all the time about the fact that death is coming, and it's probably going to be facilitated by Trump. Sorry, if you're a fan. (laughs) I'm not. I am so not. (laughs) Um, But at the end of the day, I I think you're right. I think, like, once you have that really stark awareness in life, I don't think there's ever any going back from it. And I think that the only thing that makes it okay is connection to other human beings. And when they grab hands at the end, like the big softy in me, I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, that's kind of it. Though. It's like, you can't spend your whole life looking over your shoulder. You just kind of have to enjoy the time you have. And I think that's awesome. That's a great little ending. I, I agree. And it, I have to admit though, it was so haunting to see. And I love that it was just a very blurry, distant. It's still yeah. there. It's still coming for you. Nothing actually has been fixed but things are somehow better. And I think that that's a really interesting theme that horror films often play with, and especially smart horror films, which I think this very much is, play with the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, shit sucks and it's going to keep sucking, but maybe that's... And it's kind of almost like the final girl trope where, like, she's all jacked up and things are fucked. Like, I always think of Sally at the end of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Shit is fucked and you're never coming back from that. Yeah. And definitely not. to me, that's one of the more bleak reality like facing of that reality and i'm always a sucker for a horror movie that finds some sort of like it's gonna be okay even though you realize how fucked up the world is even though you now see what it's all, all really about you're not alone anymore and maybe that's enough 
see this this movie has I think like kind of our and I say our Marissa and I like our collective want for the end of a movie because Marissa mm-hmm. does like a happy ending things kind of wrapped up and I like it when the bad guy wins so <laughs> it's like in this one they yeah, don't you know like yeah they don't save the day yeah. it's still coming for them mm-hmm. like they're still not safe but it you know at least it, you know, if they're going to die, they're going to die holding hands. That's right. Just so, like you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then we wonder why so many people mistake us for actual partners in life as well. That's as true. <laughs> it's fine. We don't often dissuade them. No, we don't. No, <laughs> well, we're like, no you just got to just embrace it and like just roll with it. Completely. Yeah. In fact, I would argue it's gotten us a few advantages in life. <laughs> um, so one cool and, and another thing that I want to kind of give props to the the director for it and like I said I'm I love that you're influenced by this movie because I'm gonna assume you're a little younger than us is that safe um I don't know how old either oh. of you are so. um late thirties over here okay I am twenty five yeah you're, okay, oh yeah. you're a baby <laughs> um yeah I'm thirty seven Jackie are you still thirty seven or you th- no I'm thirty eight now Jackie's old I'm still young I'm only thirty seven <laughs> um I turned thirty eight in a month. So, <laughs> um, it's funny to kind of hear a perspective that is a little bit genera- generationally different because like for us as filmmakers, and I use the word filmmaker very loosely for me, I'm just more inspiring than anything else, but I definitely think the films that influenced me are usually things like George Romero's or usually things that I grew up on a diet of. And I think okay. that it's important to like snag those influences and utilize them in your own filmmaking like one thing i loved about this is all the symbolism that was so well done because again i'm a junkie for a good symbol like i love that they're playing old maid at the beginning like what a symbol for the idea of like oh now you're stuck with the maid now you're stuck with this thing um and i also love like i said like jackie i think you mentioned it too the colors and the little things like we don't know what's wrong with mom we know she ain't right yeah you know they hint at things but they leave it open like this this filmmaker trusts the audience to be smart yeah even the thing she's reading on the uh the e-reader she's reading dostoyevsky she's reading the idiot like she's going they're going like full existentialism with it oh totally and these are which i love people like that's another thing i love about the characters um they're not glamorous and well polished but they're super smart and you like i love is it paul the kid who is like pining for her and then Paul um, yeah I love Paul because he never falls into what I like to call the ducky syndrome where it's like right the movie uh, Uh, pretty pretty pink pink, where it's like the sidekick that you're like oh if only she could see how great he is he never really becomes like pathetic in that way but he always like you always know he's gonna be the the, like wind up being the hero in the end like I like the way he's written because I hate when the sidekick is just the ducky yeah, right. I, I, I admittedly have never seen Pretty in Pink, but I'm familiar with the character regardless because I know John Cryer. John Cryer. I mean, it's yeah. a pretty accurate yeah. character. Another thing that I'd like to kind of play on too that I, and I'm going to totally give credit to the interwebs for this because I didn't have this thought. I think this movie, more so than a metaphor for STDs, if I had to pick a simple topical uh, thing for it to be a metaphor for, I found it to be very a poignant like story on rape. And this I I that's not the first time I've heard that either. Uh, I I was I'm I'm curious to hear what I'm curious to hear your reasoning. Okay, so I think that the the sex between them, as we've mentioned, is is very like un like aloof and detached, which is interesting to me. Um, and it speaks to the melancholy and the complication of the character. I think she is an existential crisis long before she gets this monster demon, whatever the fuck it is. 
Jackie, I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear what you think it is. It is. But, because uh, I think you have good perspectives on, like, creating villains out of imaginary, you know, like, because for me, I'm just like, it's just people. Um, and death. And, uh, like, so, after the sex, and she's, like, kind of sitting in the car, he, when he comes and he drugs her and puts her in the chair, it's so jarring mm-hmm. and it's so reminiscent of the rape like afterwards where she's in the hospital and people are not sure what to believe and the fact that people don't even believe if she's really seeing things because only she can see them to me that's, that speaks very much to being a survivor of some sort of trauma and feeling like the world doesn't really take your word for it or doesn't really understand what you are seeing because you're going to forever see the world differently after some sort of trauma similarly right. though when she becomes the aggressor what i find fascinating is she doesn't go out and just like have sex or like i mean let's be honest, i think at one point somebody's like dude you're a girl it'll be f-. the guy who gave it to her yeah like hugh right or whatever he's like yeah you can you're gonna you're, you're not gonna have a problem giving it to somebody else you're a girl it's gonna be easy that's very true to me oh yeah and i loved the scene when paul drove by the prostitutes and like it never really said one way or the other but it was a thought because that was my first thought i was like dude i'd go get a pro not that i know where to get a prostitute a yellow books, maybe Google it. I don't really know, but <laughs> that would be that would be my first thought is to get a prostitute. But then they would get totally just get yeah, killed. Yes, the thing though, come you know, you don't. Anyway. Yeah, I had that thought too of like just go find some. I don't know, to find, F, a, right? find a dude in a coma and just like make some happen. But the thing is, if if you do that, like if you if he goes to the prostitute and just fucks the prostitute and leaves, she's gonna the die. Thing, it's gonna die and it's gonna come right back, right to back him. at you. Exactly. So I I yeah. truly I understand. I, I get your rape metaphor, but I feel like Hugh had no other way. Like he had no. There was no way in the world he was gonna be like, we just had sex. Oh by the way, demon fuck monster is gonna come after you now. I feel like he had to be so aggressive and extreme. Because he had to prove his point. Yeah, and but that doesn't make it any less horrifying. No, it doesn't. Did. It doesn't. Right. But I see why he did what he did. Like, I mean, truly, like, do you think if he hadn't done that and he was like, oh, by the way, there is this thing that's going to come after you now um, because we had sex. You got to pass it on. So, you know, just. Well, well, let's play with that because I don't even know. And Lee, maybe you can help me because I don't even know I that I've fully formed this metaphor in my head with the rape analogy but mm. rape or the sex is what traps her and condemns her right and the only way she's able to free herself of it is by also having sex arguably without the consent of understanding what's interesting about the film though is that both men who have sex with her are fully consenting and aware of what they're doing mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't know really what do you think i'm curious to get your perspective on that so, I mean, like I said, I, I had heard that, um, that perspective before I had a friend who said this, said that exact thing, um, one night when, when she and I watched it, uh, and I had never personally thought of it that way, but also like I had never heard that perspective before. So I don't necessarily agree or disagree. It was just something I, it was, a, it was a take I had never heard. And I was like, oh, that's like, it, it definitely holds water. I think there's yeah. definitely, um, something there. Yeah, there's something there for sure. I think it's interesting that uh, there's undeniably a gender difference in the reading there too. I think females are, we are inherently more trained to see that, like, I, I kind of feel like we, by nature or by nurture, are sometimes a little more aware of the dangers of the world as they exist, because we have to be. So, right. But, like, 
a, like to me likening this to a rape metaphor and like a survivor metaphor is basically like your life is forever going to change after a trauma like that and it's going to take a really long time to figure out how to release it and maybe the very thing that binded you the the, the sexual act or whatever in this case the monster demon thing is the only thing that can set you free or maybe there is no escape i mean if i'm really reading this the way i with, as a rape metaphor in earnest, the ending says to me that you're never going to escape that demon behind you of the rape or whatever. It's going to follow you forever. The, the best you can do is find the connection and move on. I mean, yeah, that's that's a really, I think that's a pretty well-formed take for you. For you you're saying you're still forming it, but it sounds, it's it's pretty solid. Like, I, I think that's a really, really well-formed um perspective on it i really appreciate that because i kind of just pulled that all out of my butt at this moment every <laughs> once in a while it, like it, all the it makes sense in, though in like, my brain and the monkey with the symbols stop and i have a <laughs> that i move yeah. on to being useless again um just the way i like it all right <laughs> what is it um <laughs> when you're watching the movie now first of all um like i said in the opening scene mm-hmm. when we see the first victim I I, I love that opening scene like the opening really does it does really kick this movie off because you know I think like what you were saying earlier about the director it's not about explaining too much the director is assuming that we are as smart as we all are Mm -hmm. so we don't need too much explanation you see that this girl is running from something unseen Mm -hmm. you know that she is filled with absolute fear and terror because she's on the phone with her parents like i love you i'm sorry i've been such a shit sometimes i don't know why i love you i love you i love you so like yeah like so you see that she knows that this is the end she's filled with absolute terror and then it just boom cuts to the next scene and her body is just like gnarly and bent well in ways that you shouldn't ever be bent um well depending on <laughs> just kidding. Uh, and then it takes, it, it takes over an hour for us to get the next kill and when we leave it to you to count until the next kill one hour and 11 minutes <laughs> until the next kill. Lee, don't worry about it. This is a girl who cites Sleepaway Camp 3 as a fine film of horror. <laughs> Ooh, I would love to hear that take at some point. Um, feel free to listen, because it's. I gotta tell you, she's reformed me in my ways. But this, I said. She's I, all about a good slasher. This I, am, I am. Oh, I love a good slasher film. Yeah. So, so when we do finally get our kill um, of the neighbor, Greg, what I like is we actually get to see what happens. But in that moment, you know, from what I thought was just, you know, a demon coming after you or whatever, we now see that like in the act of sex itself is how it kills you because Greg opens the door to what he thinks is his mom, like knocking on his door and it goes after him and we literally see it fucking him to death. So it's like, that scene was fucked up. It was. So kind yeah. of just, like, it's yeah. not just like this thing coming after you, you know, it somehow has to physically attach itself to you. I, I, Which again I, ties into the rape thing in an yeah. interesting way. We should revisit it, it that. It really does. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of get into my own thoughts of like, well, will it, will it continually lose power? Like, so, you know, Paul and Jay now have, like, they're together and they're going to try to survive this thing. Like, it makes me think, like, will this thing lose steam 
because it's not being passed. Like with every kill, mm. does it kind of like, you know, uh, like that's how it feeds. Like that's how it, re like, you know, nourishes itself to move on to the next one. And like, can they defeat Ooh. it simply in stopping, in, the in, in stopping the chain and just avoiding it? You know, I mean, we're going to go like down crazy, you know, precautionary conspiracy theory kind of life for the rest of your life right. like how when they went to that house that the guy rented where he had like the tin cans mm -hmm. like on the window to alarm right, it right. like they're probably going to be in crazy town for the rest of their life but can they somehow defeat it by by avoiding it together yeah. yeah and like that was my whole thing of like can they basically starve it well, I'm going to go ahead and go to our resident succubus expert, Lee, on this one. Lee, can you starve a succubus? Is that how that works? Uh, depends on the rules of your movie. <laughs> That's a good call. Um, I'm going to say, for the sake of It Follows, probably not. Because I, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I don't want you to give anything good away, but I'm gathering from your, um, from your uh, trailer that there is indeed some sort of demonic force in your film. Yes, very much so willingly conjured by these these people which i love by the way yeah uh she, she's a, she's she's a bit of a character <laughs> yes it's a little cheeky to conjure a succubus i guess yeah yeah uh, this is like the you take the craft and you multiply it by 20 you're not just like doing light as a feather flat as a board here you are straight up summoning demons Dip from the board not Some... flat as a board <laughs> that's why it didn't work that explains <laughs> now i know i gotta try it again <laughs> you are you are you were wishing yourself a cups light as a feather flat as a board light as a feather flat as a board well i gotta tell you it's not too far um that's really you're wishing yourself a cups that was very funny um, oh my god <laughs> yeah, welcome to jersey goals man um where we we say we're feminists but then we make fun of boobs all day uh let's see here no where was i was getting to something important oh i was saying how like these yeah you're you're protagonist with a giant question mark because i don't know how much of a protagonist a succubus is um she very much brings this upon herself that's an interesting choice and tell me more about your your succubi or succubus i don't know if there's more than one oh uh, no just just the one uh she's like i said she's a bit of a character she's a little bit of a hurricane uh lily is a she's my 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 demonic daughter at this point like i mean she's one of my favorite <laughs> characters i've ever written um she's you know ancient and and uh a bit a bit a bit mean at times yeah, if, if she has to be if she has to be but like also she's she's in, she's 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 sweet she's just looking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> um so i have to i have to follow that up with what is it uh and i know this process is different for everybody but your your protagonist is a female who very much i think uses her feminine wiles um as part of her entire uh existence in this film how do you as a male like kind of kind of represent that or wrap your brain around that as you're creating this character um okay so well i mean as far as i i don't i'm hesitant to call lily my protagonist because she's very much um she sure. becomes she becomes something that that needs to be stopped as things go on well that's uh, perfect Jackie will root for her more yes. than any I, other. I, I want people. To, I want people to root for her. I'm gonna. I, I my, myself and Savannah, who plays her, have been saying since day one of production. We're like Lilith did nothing wrong. <laughs> she she's just looking for some. She's just looking to have some fun, and it's cultural differences. 
Oh, that's perfect. Jackie would fit right into Jackie's. Jackie defends the Firefly family aggressively. So oh my God. Oh, I oof. love them. Okay. Love okay. So believe me, she'll be your super fan number one of Lily. Oh, good. Okay. That's excellent. Because I mean, like, like my, 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 my little demon needs some friends. Um, yeah. But as, as far as writing, um, writing a character like that, I'm trying to think like it's, it's Lily specifically was probably the easiest to write because she's so she's in her own movie basically you have everybody else who is very intentionally crafted as sort of a 90s horror stereotype okay yeah and i that, got a sense of that in your trailer yeah and then you have lilith who is in my opinion the only character i wrote in that movie who intentionally was not falling into any box and therefore was just able to be her own thing and she's a little crazy but she's she's there's there's some like some real emotion to her there's some real like de- there's some some real like i hope people find some depth to her character because i i personally think there's something there but i wrote it so i'm being biased i guess <laughs> yeah i mean i'm really interested to see to see her kind of unfold on the screen and one thing that we champion for a lot is the idea of complex females in horror cuz it's they're still pretty rare to come by. So it's always exciting to see a film that has a female at its lead who is has a lot of depth and kind of has those layers because it's always refreshing. I mean, I think that's what, like, uh, as much as my esteemed partner here will fall asleep if I put The Witch on, that's things I love about... Um, I love The Witch. Me too, me too. She literally is like, it's like torturing her, asking her to watch. Oh, I'm a huge fan. I can't wait for The Lighthouse. Same, same. I actually have not seen Midsummer either, or, like, a lot of the other ones that are being kind of compared to that. And you hate this, Jackie, that, what do they call it? The high... high... Ele- elevated Elevated horror, horror that's elevated. right. Oh. I hate the term elevated horror because I think it's just ridiculous, but I will say if you guys are fans of like fleshed out three-dimensional female characters, Midsummer is the way to go. Yes, and I am. That means Jackie's going to be bored. Yeah, all you, baby. <laughs> That's all you. I'm going I'm, I'm going to go back and watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. Yeah, because so that's, that's a stereotypical dumb broad at the forehead of your... Uh... <laughs> But yeah, I'm with you, man. I want more complex and more interesting females at the lead of my movies. Uh, that's what keeps me coming back, especially in horror, because they are hard to come by. So tell me a little bit about um, your inspiration for creating this film. I had to admit that one thing that popped into my head was Jennifer's body, and I don't know if you're going to cringe at that comparison. Uh, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to cringe. I've actually heard that comparison from a couple people who've seen it. Um, I realistically, I mean, so as far as inspiration goes, when I, I I'm a fan of like old school horror stuff you know evil dead pumpkin head all stuff like that um and <laughs> and when like when pumpkin head was like originally a thing like apparently the uh, the original idea behind it was like oh for you know for everyone of, of mankind's evils there's like a demon that exists to represent it and i just kind of and i was like n- they never did anything with that why wouldn't they do anything with that that's such a cool idea isn't it i've always been fascinated by that too yeah, but so so my brain just kind of went, you know, on autopilot with that, and I was like, "What if there was, you know, like, you know, fun?" Like, I, I was like, "Ooh, a, a lust demon would be fun," and it started originally as just like, I was like, "It, it would have," I was like, "Oh, it could be just something really like dumb and schlocky, like 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 Evil Dead levels of schlock." Okay. But like like in like in just a really self aware, stupid way. But then I was I was like I was like I'm just gonna kind of write this, and I I started writing it, and it turned into something totally different cool. and it turned into this like i was like oh i'm actually like i'm kind of falling in love with this world and it's like it's crazy and it's weird but 
and it, there's definitely self-awareness to it but it's at the same time it's it's not it it, it the, the the intentionally like schlocky bad stuff kind of just stopped being that and it started becoming something totally different oh that's interesting yeah it's 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 i'm kind of curious to see how you got from like originally sitting down to write something with the kind of satirical edge to it that the films like Jennifer's Body and Evil Dead want and went to a serious uh, tone that should be really fun to see. I mean, I would say I'd say the satire is still there for sure. Like it's still like I, I it never it definitely took a lot of inspiration from the '90s and from also from movies like Teeth, Scream, uh, Pumpkinhead. Um, That's cool, man. I got to I got to just I got to hang out with the dude who played Pumpkinhead recently and interview him. It was, really, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, so cool. I'm jealous. Yeah. So Lilith was definitely a big character to play off of. I mean, for any woman like me who grew up idolizing the Lilith movement and all kinds of stuff like that, we learned from a very early age to kind of find empowerment and feminism in the notion of Lilith. So what made you go with her as a reference or a kind of focal point for the film? It It's sort of started as i was like i was again i was just writing sort of like a a, a a succubus and i was like i came up with like i was like i was like oh the name lilith is like an actual thing and then i kind of i was like i don't want this to be too associated with the actual like biblical lore because i can i, I want room to play around right so i added an, i added an extra l in there and she does that okay yeah 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 she's a different character but she does have a connection to the actual biblical character as well so um, but she's, yeah, she's very much her own thing, but she, I, I was like, I want just enough room to kind of take, like cherry pick certain elements while still being able to do my own thing with her and like kind of just make her the character that I want her to be. And the character I wanted her to be was this hurricane of a person who is just, you know, like I said, a little culturally different, a little murder happy, but for a good cause. And I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm interested. So speaking of which, when yeah. and where can we see this film? Um, okay, so it's going to be premiering this Friday in Atlantic Highlands at uh, Atlantic Cinemas on First Ave. And it is going to be playing there every night at 8.30 from Friday the 13th to Friday the 20th. If by any chance you're not um, able to make those and you're in the Arkansas area for some reason, <laughs> uh, it will be playing at the Hot Springs Horror Film Festival in at the end of this month in um, Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I don't know exactly what date it's going to be screening there, but it is going to be there between the 26th and the 29th. Awesome. So I guess as a filmmaker and with your production company, Ritter House, what's next for you guys? What can we look forward to in the future? Um, I mean, so as far as production company goes, like I said, we are trying to get ourselves off the ground. So they're doing just kind of commercial gigs right now, trying to make some money, pay the bills. But um, No, I hear that. I, there's nothing wrong with doing a wedding or two, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I have several story concepts that I'm working on right now. I've admittedly got some awful writer's block, but I'm kind of trying to work through it. And there's some shorts that I want to do. There's some features that I want to do. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, to tackling my next project, which I, I don't want to spoil too much of, but it's got a lot to do with my absolute abject horror of organized religion and blind worship you and you and we have a lot in common in that way then. Yeah. <laughs> we often trash organized religion yes, here yes the we do um <laughs> cool so um now does the movie itself have like a facebook or an instagram or twitter or does your production company have one um yeah uh 
all of those things actually. Uh, so on, we are actually on Facebook just as Lilith, uh, L-I-L-L-I-T-H. And then we have uh, an Instagram at, at Lilith the film, one word, no spaces. And then we also have a Twitter, which is at Lilith film, I believe. Let me make sure on that one. Yeah, at Lilith film. Awesome. Uh, and then as far as Ritter House goes, you can also find us on, on Facebook and also on Twitter. And our Twitter is uh, at, real, at Real Ritter House, R-I-T-T-E-R-H-A-U-S. Thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed, well, I really enjoyed revisiting It Follows. Jackie tolerated it per usual. Um. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm really happy that was the one you went with. I'm, I, I love that movie so much. I, I found things to appreciate it this time around. The Aww. first time I watched it, I did not like it. On this viewing, I found things that I liked about it and that I appreciate about it. And again, like I said, I feel like it would be made better as a short film, but that's Say just appreciate me. again. Appreciate. <laughs> I don't know. You say it with an I. You say, a, a, you say appreciate. She says a lot. Okay. It's the Philly. Are you, I noticed you, uh, you're, are you a North Jersey person? I'm a Central Jersey person. Then I'll allow it. It's the South Jersey people that you gotta watch out for. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm from uh, I, I'm, I'm from Central Jersey, and then I have a bit of Brooklyn in me that comes out at times. Perfect. See, that's why I, I, I like it. I am a North Jersey slash New York person through and through, so I always giggle at Jackie's very Philly, very South Jersey accent. So she says, "Appreciate," and then she goes, "What?" What I laugh about. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man thanks so much for coming on we're so excited to uh hopefully get a packed theater for your debut it's so cool that it's playing uh locally if you are in jersey definitely make sure you check that out it's the atlantic cinema in highland right yep atlantic highlands yeah and i i really appreciate you guys having me on thank you so oh much this yeah, means a lot. are there on. i'm assuming are there plans for uh like a video on demand release or physical, oh, there, there physical copy release Definitely, definitely in the future. Um, I I would love for both of those things to happen, especially because I am a big fan of physical of physical media. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, it really just depends on you know how well it fares and how people like yeah. it. And I'm dread I'm I'm terrified for Friday, but oh, <laughs> I'm excited exciting. at the same time. Again, Lee, we want to thank you so so much for coming on. We are super excited to see Lilith. Uh, we wish you the best, and everybody. We again, we are posting the trailer. We are posting links, so please check it out. Give it a watch. Give it a love. Give it a like. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. Like, I really appreciate it. It was really awesome talking horror with you guys. It was nice to promote Lilith a bit. I'm excited for everyone to awesome. see Awesome, yeah, and we appreciate it, too. <laughs> we do. So we hope you guys have enjoyed our talk about It Follows mm -hmm. and the upcoming feature film, Lilith. Don't forget to check us out on the internet. Do the thing. Like us, love us, comment, you say hi. Yep. You know what to do. So thank you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Uh, bye bye. 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 You're listening to the Geekscape Network.